This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got William DeTemple on the line. William, how are you, sir? I am doing great. And yourself? I am absolutely awesome. So we've been trying to get this done for a long time. So thanks again for your patience on, on getting this. But I've wanted to bring you on the show because you've got an incredible backstory on you know taking businesses to figures that a lot of people can't even figure out how to write it out or type it in a calculator. Uh, you know, nine, <laughs> nine figures, you know, some, some calculators don't go that high. They stop at eight and you're know, like, Oh, wait a minute. And then you get that one E zero point, whatever goofy thing you see on some calculators, but you know, tell us your, tell us your story and, and, and how you've been you know, so successful in, in taking so many businesses to that amazing level. Well, you know, when I, when I started my very first business, um, like most entrepreneurs out there, I really didn't know anything about what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to, to do my own thing. And I launched my company and I was actually very fortunate because a good friend of the family who was much older than I uh, came to me and said, William, if you're going to build your own company, you need a business coach. And he took me over and he introduced me to a gentleman he knew. And he said, you need to hire this guy. And, you know, I kind of felt obligated. And to be quite honest, the guy was a very good friend of the family and I trusted him thoroughly. So I hired this business coach and we bootstrapped my very first company. And this is back in the early 70s. We bootstrapped that company. And in seven years, we took it from zero to over $12 million of revenue, and we had uh, approximately 20% net profit off of that. And if you convert that into today's dollars, it'd be well over a $50 million company in seven years. So all things considered, I, I thought it was a pretty good success. And we had a strategic buyer that came along and offered me more money than I could ever dream of. And I thought, okay, this is even a better way to make money. So I sold the company. And then, uh, you know, you bored pretty quick, and I, I decided to go out and build another company. But, of course, I had a non-compete and all the rest of the stuff, so I had to get, go into a whole different market, whole different industry, which I did. And I scaled and grew that company and had a ball doing that. And, you know, I was actually building that company and doing quite well at it. When I came up with a concept for some new technology and I decided, wow, this is something I think will really fly. And um, so we, I, I launched a third company and as I started seeing the traction it was getting and everything else, I sold off my second company and focused on one company because if you try to spread yourself too thin, you're going to screw up. And uh, we actually scaled that company to nine figures in just over four years. And I took that through the IPO process in the uh, 1980s. So, you know, it was quite, quite the experience. And after a period of time, I exited the, uh, the company. And then in the 90s, I decided to launch another company. 
And I'd actually been doing a bunch of different things during that period of time. And it wasn't until the later 90s that I, I launched my fourth company. But when I launched it, I took it from Bootstrap. Well, can't really say Bootstrap because I had my own capital to invest in it. But I took it and, and I scaled it in three years to nine figures and sold it and went on. And after I sold my fourth company, I actually got recruited by venture capital to come in and fix businesses that they had invested in that weren't doing as well as they wanted. And I was really having a ball fixing those companies because, you know, it wasn't my own money at risk and I was able to do a whole bunch of different things. And so I, I, I've done that a whole bunch of times. And my wife came to me one day and said, hey, we need to go to Orlando and check on my father. I'm concerned about his health. And we ended up moving from uh, California, where I'd spent over 30 years building companies, to Orlando. And after a period of time, we realized that we were going to end up having to move to Florida. And I actually went into business culture shock uh, in in Florida because it's a it's a whole different environment than what California was. Now, the, the interesting thing is, during those 30-plus years that I've been building companies, I actually had offices in other countries. I actually had done business in nearly 50 countries. And I was traveling all over the world doing this stuff. And one of the lessons that I'd like to share with your, with your people is America is still considered the best of the best. And and if you've got some good product and good technology, whatever you've got, there's a huge market outside the U.S. borders. And in a lot of cases, you can get better margin and easier sales selling outside the U.S. than you do inside the U.S. because you've got a lot more competition inside the U.S. So one of the, the things that we did was we were able to build markets outside the United States and that really helped us scale and grow the companies. But the other thing that I learned over the years and is, and, and this kind of, after getting to Florida, I ended up getting really bored and a friend of mine from California said, Hey, let's, you know, why don't you go out and coach business owners? You got over 40 years experience building companies. Why don't you coach them and teach them how to build companies? And I thought that was a really brilliant idea. It would keep me out of trouble and keep me from being bored. So I started putting that together, and that was in 2012. And fascinatingly, one of the things that I've learned is I went back over everything that I had done, and I actually took everything that I'd learned in you know upwards of 40 years and I put together, I systematized it basically is what I did. And so I've, I've determined that there's eight primary internal practices every company must have to achieve success. And there's four primary external practices every company must have to achieve massive success. So if you only focus on the eight primary internal practices, you may get your company to 10, 20, even $30 million, but you're never going to get it up into the nine figures. And the reason I really push everybody to go to nine figures, there, there's 
a real strong economic reason for that. And I'm going to digress here a little bit into economy, in, into economics. In 2010, there was a, a, and they do this on a regular basis, but on the 10th year and the 5th year of every decade, they have this big event where all these economists get together. And in 2010, the economists predicted that by 2040, the global GDP, and this is global, is going to go from $60 trillion in 2010 to $200 trillion by 2040. Okay? In 2015, when they did their next big meeting, they, we were on target. The, the world was on target. It had actually exceeded $75 trillion of global GDP. I haven't got the results for what we ended up with um, last year or because of this COVID-19 or what we're, what we're anticipating. But even with this chaos, I'm pretty sure that we'll be close to being on track if we're not on track. And I sincerely believe that we will achieve that $200 trillion mark by 2040. And so when you think about it, Nine figures. The low side of nine figures is a hundred million dollars. The high side is a billion dollars. So you got a range in there to go. But when you think about it, that's a drop in the bucket out of you know a hundred trillion dollars. Okay. So I I want to get people to think in proper perspective. Because too many people think a uh, hundred or nine figures is is way too big a number. It's outside their reach. And in in the uh, eight years that I've been doing coaching businesses, and we've helped a lot of companies get to nine figures, by the way. But in in the process of doing this, the the questions and and all the conversations I've had with all the clients motivated me to write my newest book. And my newest book is titled, You Can Build a Nine-Figure Company. And the subtitle of that book is, With Lessons from 14 Founders of Nine-Figure Companies. And I've got Jeff Hoffman, who is a co-founder of Priceline. I've got David Segal from Westgate Resorts. I've got John Rittenauer from uh, Insurance Offices of America. Uh, there, uh, there's a very eclectic group of people in there. I got Jaina Rowanette, who is in her businesses in 46 countries, and she's in cosmetics. And she does the bulk of her business outside of the United States. So anyhow, I interviewed all of these different people that have also built nine-figure companies. And the majority of them are, you know, in the 10-figure range now. And And the thing is, it's Nine figures is the tipping point. When you hit nine figures, it's almost like it's a magic number. And what happens is your revenue is large enough now. Your profits are large enough now. You've got a really great executive management team working with you and driving your company. And that is essential to be able to continue scaling and growing your company. So you get these this whole management team going there. and Plus, again, our goal with all of our clients is to make sure that they have a minimum of 20% net profit every year, you know, and it's a goal. Not everybody reaches it, but it's, 
you know, part of the process. And so when, if you're spending off $20 million in net profit, and that's after paying yourself, say a $2 million a year salary, you're, you've got a lot of cash there to be able to help scale and grow your company with. And now it becomes a lot easier because you're not going out after the type of bank loans that you were when, when your business was small, everything just becomes easier. And so you've got a lot of options. You've got the option of continuing to grow the company, which is what I always recommend because it turns out that everybody that I interviewed that continued to grow their company and didn't sell it or didn't take it public, they're all billionaires today. The others, they either sold or whatever. They're still very wealthy, but you know, they could have been wealthier. Like me, I kick myself because I look back at what I what I did with the building and selling of the companies. And I realized if I just stayed with my very first company and kept growing it, uh, I'd be wealthier today than I already am. I don't really need extra money, but it, you know, it's always nice. But what I really enjoy is is helping people out and helping them grow and scale their companies because that's where I get the most fun from. So anyhow, there there's all these things. So you can either continue to grow the company you're now big enough, you could sell to a large public company because now you're an attractive acquisition. Uh, and these people that try to sell companies when they're at seven figures or low E figures, you can't get a really great valuation at that price range, you know, or at that revenue range. It's when, when you get your numbers up, that's when you get a really great multiple on the sale of your business. Or the third thing is you could always take the company public because now you're big enough that you can't take a company public. The days of, of penny stocks and, and small cap companies and everything else, are there's still some of them around there, but the cost of Sarbanes-Oxley and trying to manage a company that's public and follow all the rules and regulations is, is just too much. So I personally, if somebody is absolutely adamant about going public, I generally take them and have them go public on the AIM exchange rather than having them go public here in the United States. So there's a whole bunch of different options and opportunities out there. And that's what we do with all of our clients and help them see and learn how to scale their business. And it doesn't matter what business you're in. Every business can be scaled to nine figures. So, you know, that's my my brief summary. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's so amazing. And you know, there's so much gold in there. And I agree with you on the, on the taking organizations public. I mean, it, you know, they, Sarbanes-Oxley you know, pretty much says, okay, the two ply toilet paper you have in your office needs to be at this grade and would have been made <laughs> this percentage water and that water needed to be purified using. Yeah. It's, I, I, the the pressures of stuff and of you know and then you've got your you got to please your your investors and all that stuff and and there's nothing wrong with that you want your investors to be pleased with performance and all of that but half or more of your time is spent just making sure you're compliant instead of actually doing what your job is and what your business is supposed to be doing and you finished up there with something that was really intriguing and when you said it doesn't matter what kind of business you have, it can, it can scale. And I think that's one thing where I think a lot of people will, will definitely grasp onto because 
Sometimes people think, well, I have this business, but I don't think it'll go anywhere. Well, if that's what you're thinking, you're probably right. If you, if you don't, you, you got the wrong mindset on this. It's, you know, finding out from the experts that have done it again and again and again and again and again and again, like you, that, you know, not only have you done it yourself, you, you're helping other organizations do it. You know, there's, there's procedures, there's things to do. And it's, I find it oftentimes, especially with solo business guys that are struggling with getting their business off the ground and finding clients and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, what, you know, what do you want this to grow to? And you know, what's funny. I I find a lot of people say they don't know. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Well, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get there. So, you know, how, how do you approach, or when people approach you about wanting to really scale their business up. You know, what are some of the conversations you have, obviously without giving away the kernel secret recipe here, but um, although you probably have it in your book. So um, I'd just be curious as to what you, what, you know, how you guide people to make sure that one, they're going to be a, a client that will actually follow your guidance. Cause I'm guessing, you know, knowing what I know about you is you're not going to waste your time with somebody that's not going to do the work in order for them to be successful. That's true. Absolutely true on that. I mean, one of the things we do is we we do some analytics on the person. We try to do some some information because if you're coachable and trainable, man, you can grow any business to any size. And again, that's something that I also learned in the interviews that I did with all these founders. And, you know, we talked about, you mentioned again, just any business, you know, can't think of his name right now. God, I'm, I'm bad with names, so I apologize. But this gentleman was one of the co-founders of Outback Steakhouse, and he's in my book as well. And Outback Steakhouse wasn't designed to be a chain. It wasn't designed to, to go nationwide. It was started off as a sole restaurant. And it got so popular, they opened up a couple of more locations. And, you know, one thing led to another. And the next thing they knew... Um, they're going national. Um, so again, it, you know, it, but they, they had the passion, they loved what they were doing and that's what really made all the difference in the world. And that's one of the things we look for in the people we're coaching is, are you coachable and are you trainable? Because if you're coachable and trainable, man, we can, we can skyrocket you, you know, pretty darn fast. If you're, if you think you know everything, you're going to go through the school of hard knocks and the school of hard knocks is very expensive. Uh, I have seen a lot of people, you know, go through the school of hard knocks and spend a lot of money, lose a lot of money, take forever to get anywhere just because they don't know what they don't know, you know? So we try to help them learn all the things that they don't know. Yeah. It's important that they are, coachable and, and teachable because if, if they come at it and I, I do this with the people that I work with, you know, that you're coming to me because I work with people that are stressed and burned out and, and whatnot. And if they're not coachable or teachable, then it's nothing I can say or do is going to help them navigate through it. You know, they have to open themselves up and not necessarily make themselves vulnerable, but at least be willing to look at things from different perspectives in order for them to be successful in the initiative that they want. And, you know, that's the rule book for everything. If you want to be successful, then 
there's things you have to do. And of course there's things you don't know because it's the whole purpose of getting coached is you don't know these routines, whether it's on the playing field or in business or in life, there's things you don't know. I, I, before our call, I had a conversation with my 18 year old daughter about a couple things. And there are things that, you know, she doesn't know about life because well, she's 18 and I va- I vaguely remember 18. Um, I know what an 18 year old looks like. Now I didn't look like her, but you know, thankful for her. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's things and she was, coachable at that moment she was okay I'm, I'm listening and i'm like okay we found that right temperature and the right time of day where a teenager will listen to you so it does happen parents it, it, it exists um but so in all these businesses that you've helped and obviously the, all the ones that are in the book was there and of course you said you know a couple times that any business can be successful but was there a business that you worked with that surprised you on how quickly or how successful they actually became and how much they you know, grew as an organization? You know, I think you, you, you learn pretty quickly when you start working with a, a new owner, a new founder. You learn pretty quickly how coachable and how trainable they are versus how obstinate they are. You know? And it's like when you find those gems that are really coachable and trainable, man, their business just will, will take off and because they listen, they ask good questions. They, they go through a whole bunch of things and, and they'll, they'll ask like, well, what if we do this or what if we do that, you know, and, and we can coach them and guide them. But I don't know. We've, we've, I think we've, well, you know, actually you're making me think here. There's one girl that started her business and when when we met her she was doing a i think around two million dollars a year when we got introduced to her but the interesting story about her is she started her business while she was living in her car okay and she got into the real estate business and she was buying and flipping houses you know buying them fixing them up flipping them and she had been doing this and and got to a certain level, but she wanted to do more. She was really passionate about doing more. And so we worked with her and helped her out. And in just, uh, I think it was five or six years, we took her from that $2 million level to over 80 million in revenue. She wasn't even 30 years old when she hit $80 million in annual revenue. And Man, what what a powerhouse! But boy, she she was great at listening, learning, asking questions, doing things, and having no fear. You know, and again, that's I think that's one of the big things that people. If you know, there are people that are going to be super cautious and super careful, and and all the rest of that stuff. Well, you know what? If you're not going to take risk, you're not going to get there. So you got to be prepared. But again. There's, there's good risk and there's bad risk because if you're doing things properly and you're doing the checks and balances properly, you mitigate the risk significantly. It doesn't mean it goes away, but it, you mitigate it significantly. But if you worry so much that you're not taking the chances at all, you're never going to grow, you know? 
So I hope that answered your question. Oh, definitely. And the, the risk thing is, is a big thing. It's like, and there has to be risk because if no risk was involved, then everybody would be able to do this and they could do it from their couch and not do anything. And I love that story of somebody that, you know, went from, you know, starting their business from their car to 80 million before age 30. And, and as you said, you know, on numerous occasions during our chat today is any business can do it, but you, you have to follow, you know, the steps and, and the, and the guidelines in order to make it successful. And, and I noticed, you know, a couple of things you've mentioned with a couple of people is, and I think this is, you know, being, of course, you know, from, from the U.S., I, I think that there is some limiting thoughts as far as where our business can come from. And if we're just focusing on our particular state or region, when there are demands all across the globe for the product or service that we offer, we are shortchanging ourselves by not exploring those and venturing out and getting our quote unquote business passport and, and, and start working the world because yeah, I've seen it, you know, where the, you know, the demand of, of, of things increases dramatically when you get outside of certain pockets, just because you know, there's not as many players in that market, depending on what you have. And, and also too, it's like you, you said in the onset of the, the chat today was, you know, America is still viewed as the best of the best. So you come in say, hi, you know, I'm William, you know, I'm from California. And next thing you know, all of a sudden your credentials have gone up a thousand fold right there with them sure. before, you, before you've even mentioned what you sell or why you're there. You, you, it automatically is like, okay, you know, you, you're VIP. Now, what would, would you like to talk about? And it, it makes such a huge, huge difference. And I think that's the one thing of many that I'm going to take away from our conversation today is, you know, open up your eyes and open up those uh, borders a bit and, and start looking to see what opportunities are out there because uh, it, it will help you scale your business quite a bit. And obviously reading your books too. <laughs> well, you know, when you, when you mentioned that, I just remember I was back in the seventies. Okay. I was doing, I was actually spending a lot of time in Asia and back then it would, it cost me, $10 a minute for a phone call from Asia to America. And that was on a landline. That wasn't phone, cell phones because cell phones didn't exist back then. Fax machines were our method of communication. We didn't have email. There, you know, Computers didn't even really exist back in the 70s. I actually computerized my first company in 1978. And I put in a mini computer and I had five terminals and I spent $125,000 on that computer system for the company. And as I say, that was 1978. That was $1978. Uh, I don't know what type of computer system I could get today if I took that $1978 at $125,000, how much that would be. But you'd have so much more computer power than what most companies even need today. It's, it's astronomical. So the cost of doing business back in the 70s and 80s was so much greater. 
I remember when cell phones where you, you know, you had roaming charges and all these other things. So many things that have gone away. The barriers have just dropped dramatically. So your opportunities to scale and grow are exponentially greater than when I started. And uh, with some guidance and, and stuff, believe me, we can help you take whatever business you're in and really scale it and and have a fantastic life. And that's, that's the power of all of this is that fantastic life is within everyone's reach. They just have to follow the right guidance and be open and willing to learn and be coachable and, and teachable and you know, there's there's no limit to what they could do. I want to clarify a statement you just made. It's within everybody's reach. Uh, are you familiar with Gallup? Yes. Okay. So you know Gallup is the, in my opinion, the preeminent research firm in the world. Uh, they've got forty offices in thirty countries. They got the largest percentage of PhDs per employee of any company in the world. And their number one clients are governments worldwide. Their number two clients are Fortune 100 companies. Okay. Gallup has been around for over 80 years now. And during one, one of the owners of Gallup, and it's basically been a family-owned business, but it did change from one family to another family in that duration. But the gentleman that came in, He's actually spent 46 years doing research on entrepreneurs and he developed his whole process called strengths and he isolated it down to where he discovered that there is an entrepreneurial gene. Okay. And that 2.5% of the population have that entrepreneurial gene. And the reason I share this with you is, number one, is the people listening to this, this podcast, they're the ones that are the entrepreneurs and want to build a company. It, the probability is they have that entrepreneurial gene. And the beauty about it is that means 97.5% of the population just wants a job. And I remember the first time I had an Ivy League MBA apply for a job at our company, we're doing about $30 million at the time. And his credentials were just enormous out of this world. And uh, there's no way I can afford to hire this guy. But I said, you know what? I'm going to pick his brains. I'm going to interview him. I'm going to learn as much as I can possibly learn and see where it goes. And so we, we had this great interview that lasted several hours. The conversation was phenomenal. And in the process, I discovered that he was one of those 97%. He wanted a job. And his, what he was looking for for compensation was within our budget. And so I ended up hiring him. And I was like stunned that I could hire a person with his qualifications and credentials and do it within my budget. And over time, I've ended up hiring a whole bunch of additional Ivy League MBAs, and I also hired some PhDs. And these were these are incredibly brilliant people, but they don't have that entrepreneurial gene, and they're not interested in owning or running a company. They just want to do what they comes naturally to them. 
and they're fantastic at it. So it's like, to me, that was a gold mine. It was like so valuable because it, I got rid of the fear. Oh, if I hire this person, he's going to steal my company from me. He's going to duplicate me. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You know, the 97.5% of the population just want a paycheck. So again, don't let fear get in your way. That is awesome. And thank you for that clarifying uh, description because it makes a ton of sense. So William, I've enjoyed our conversation today. Um, thank you so much for all of this information. Where can people find out uh, more about you and all this awesome work that you do? Well, best place they can do is go to our website. That's nine figure company. So it's the numeral nine figure company.com. And all the contact information's on there. You know, I'm one of these people, old school as I am. I still like a telephone. So you will actually find our phone number on our website. And you can actually talk to a live human being. <laughs> and it's like, to me, giving good quality customer service and everything else is so essential. So we're very easy to find. As I say, it's nine-figure company. And just you know, feel free to reach out to us and touch base. We're happy to help everybody. And it doesn't matter what type of business you're in. Uh, we work with companies in all different types of businesses and all over the world. I think right now we've got over 150 companies that we're currently helping and teaching and growing. So come join the crowd, you know. That's awesome. And for people that aren't familiar with this phone thing that William talks about, it's a little green icon on your smartphone. And it's got a little white silhouette and it kind of looks like something you saw at your grandparents' house. So use that. And then it comes up with a, a keypad. Now that's, that's an advanced lesson for some of you. So we'll, we'll, we'll have another session on, on that. So William enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you again so much for your time today. Okay. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.